incoming clap 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 tour junkies what's up golf addicts db here this is a weird episode uh this is off the cuff spontaneous driving in my car poor audio not sure what's gonna happen recording on my phone episode that pat doesn't know about this could get extremely weird but i'm looking forward to it i think it's gonna be a good time I am on the road currently to go meet Pat in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida for an epic weekend. And I just thought, you know, what if I just like did some behind the scenes stuff and I talked to the people about, you know, some stuff that maybe they don't know about Tour Junkies. Maybe they don't, you know, I'm going to say some things, I'm going to share some things about Pat that you may not know about me, about Ben, about Tour Junkies LLC and like what's, you know, some some behind the scenes stuff, maybe from the past, maybe some stuff, some ideas we got for the future, and uh, and then I may try, if this works out, uh, to document kind of what's going to happen this weekend for us. We're going to play some, some golf, but hopefully something else kind of special happens that I can share with you at the end of the episode. So I don't really know how this is going to work out. I'm literally going to record this as we go, and uh, especially starting off here as I'm, as I'm driving down the road. So I'm on the way from Augusta to Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. And we're just going to roll with it. And I'm just going to entertain myself. Uh, you know, we're not doing a podcast for the Zurich because the Zurich is uh, is stupid. Um, no, it's not It's not really that. It, I just don't, I don't care. Like, we need a break. It's a grind. I will tell you that. We love it. But it is a grind to do this like 48 weeks in a row. And that's not an exaggeration. Um, and so when a week like the Zurich pops up and it's perfect timing given that we are still in Ponte Vedra on Monday playing TPC Sawgrass um, and not getting home until late in the evening, not having a lot of time to research or study up on, on some things. It's just the perfect opportunity for us to take a week off. And um, so that's what we're doing. But I'm still delivering this podcast to you for you to listen to and maybe have a chuckle. It's not going to help your DFS lineups. It's not going to help your betting card but maybe you should stop any maybe you should take a break off a week off yourself because you're probably bordering degeneracy okay and that's just a free ad right there that's just a free uh call 1-800 gambling something if you got a problem but anyway uh yeah so it's perfect timing and we're not doing the zurich stuff so this is all you get and then we'll be back for the valspar i think is what it is from innisbrook copperhead course leading up to the PGA Championship in the summer of majors. This will be a good time. All right, I'm, uh, yeah, so what I'm going to do is as I think of things to talk about on the road trip, I'm going to pick this recording up and put it back down. So right now, that was my intro. I planned that out all, all on my own here for the first hour-long uh, hour part of this car ride. So now I'm going to stop and uh, figure out what else I'm going to tell you about. I think what I'm going to come back with next is fun facts that you probably you may or may not know probably don't know about pat okay let's kick it off with pat first of all a few things you probably already know about pat or have come out about pat pat is 44 years old he's a male um even though that that may be kind of not pc right now to say he's fully male but he is fully male well i mean i haven't seen personally but i'm i'm pretty confident um he is fully male 44 years old. His birthday is May 1st. Okay, May 1st. No, sorry, March 1st. Holy shit. March 1st, yeah. And uh, he's married to Sally, and she's she's pretty good looking. Um, 
you would be pretty surprised at how good looking Sally is when you know you know you've you've known and you see Pat. Um, he went to University of Georgia. He was a Georgia graduate. Um, I'm not sure what he. I think he graduated with like a finance degree or something, some kind of bachelor's in finance or some whatever yuppie white kids graduate from at UGA that look like uh, Kirby Smart. And um, let's see, he has a twin brother that he shared a sack with, literally identical twins, Chris. We call him uh, DirecTV Perry uh, or Perry 2.0. Chris is a great guy. I like Chris a lot. Hung out a lot with Chris and Pat. They, they talk exactly the same. But, yeah, they shared sack and um, fluids when they were in utero. And then uh, Pat has two sons, Harrison, who I believe is 13, and then Alan, who is 10, and um, Harrison's kind of a gamer, and he hops on the YouTube channel every now and then and, and watches live when he's not supposed to, and it puts Pat in a funny situation. He's kind of a gamer kid. He's super smart. And then Alan is also super smart, and he's kind of the, the athlete. You know, he likes, to, he likes to play baseball and football and, and golf a little bit. Not sure who he takes after. Maybe Chris there. And then... Um, uh, Pat did grow up in Augusta, Georgia, to uh, at Augusta Country Club. That was his home course. Dad grew up, you know, playing golf and teaching him how to play golf, and uh, not not very well, obviously, but taught him how to play, taught him how to play golf. And uh, yeah, grew up playing with Charles Howell III there at, uh, at Augusta Country Club. It was fun. Also, fun fact: sport that Pat is good at. You want another sport that Pat's good at? Pat actually grew up playing tennis more than golf. He played tennis in high school. Um, and was a pretty good tennis player. And also, fun fact, he's a pretty good pickleball player. If you know anything about pickleball, which I don't, it's like it's like half tennis. It's like if you uh if you want to go half tennis and you you kind of just want to half-ass tennis, you play pickleball. It's kind of what I think. But apparently it's a growing sport, a very growing sport. Apparently something that uh that is, is growing in popularity among the betting world. So be on the lookout for being able to bet on pickleball. Anyway, he can play that. Uh, he He's terrible at basketball. I have seen him. In fact, we played basketball together in a in like a some kind of turn, charity tournament for adults. It's really weird where like adults play a bunch of sports for charity together in Aiken, which is a yuppie community in South Carolina outside of Augusta. And uh, we played in a basketball tournament together one time, and we were on the same team, and he was freaking awful. I mean, so bad at basketball, you wouldn't believe it. Your boy dominated that day, and, and Pat, Pat's lying to you if he tells you anything different. Um, and then, uh, he, yeah, I've never seen him play baseball or, like, throw anything. It's probably okay. He, he, likes, he prides himself in being good at parlor games like pool, cornhole, horseshoes, darts, kind of yard game stuff you do in a yard in the grass uh but without a referee or an umpire or you know something like that he he thinks he's good at stuff like that um when he gets drunk okay when pat gets drunk he gets extremely loud extremely like ear piercingly shut the up loud is what happens he gets really loud and he gets very combative pat can be he's kind of an angry drunk I'm just gonna be honest with you. He can get combative. He wants to, you know, fist the cuffs, or he'll start telling you how he really thinks about you. <clears throat> me, he's done that to me a bunch of times. 
And he like he really loves to snack. Oh my god. Like he will snack on a box of Cheez-Its popcorn. He, he loves popcorn for some reason and he will just shove so much popcorn down his esophagus that it you will be like can is this guy going to choke in front of me? It's so terrible to watch. It's really um anyway he likes to eat when he gets hammered. <clears throat> and, um, you know, when me and Pat first met, he was he was a terrible, I wouldn't say terrible, well, yeah, he was kind of a terrible, he had kind of a terrible sense of style. Uh, I, I really, he was, he was bad. A lot of pleats, a lot of bagginess, and um, the same color blue. I, I really, I think people can credit me for telling him that, you know they do dye shirts that aren't blue. That that there are things like that. Like black is a thing that you can wear maybe, and um, that maybe you don't have to have a Masters logo on every shirt. Oh, speaking of shirts and logos, I hate this about this. Really bothers me about him. If me and Pat go to play a golf course, in fact, this will probably happen. I guarantee you this will happen this week, this weekend. If we go to play a golf course and we go in the pro shop, Pat will buy a shirt with a logo on it. He will buy a shirt with Tour Junkies money. It'll be a, a, a you know a hundred and ten dollar shirt that he already has, you know, Peter Millar, um, Donald Ross, whatever kind of shirt, P- P- RLX. It'll be something like that that he already has hanging in his closet, almost identical shirt. But if it's got the golf course's logo on it, he feels like he must have it, like it comes with the tee time. He will buy it, and it drives me effing bananas because it's $110 that we don't need to spend and he doesn't need the shirt but when he does inevitably buy it I will inevitably try to talk him out of getting a blue one because he damn sure has enough blue shirts um uh so oh let's talk about Pat on the golf course so Pat on the golf course he's oh he's so OCD this is his whole life is OCD as a mother you guys have no idea how OCD he is he's very OCD things have to be just in the right order things have to happen at the just the right time he has to have the same of this every morning every evening he is very OCD he hates odd numbers i'm not kidding i'm not kidding he hates odd numbers he likes even numbers um, so when he's on the golf course, like things have to be just right. He's got to have his levels just right. A bloody if it's in the morning, the, the right beer ratio in the afternoon. Um, you know, the music can't be too aggressive. It, you know, he likes to make sure that's okay, but he does like to listen to music on the course, which is cool. Um, it's got to be the right volume. It can't be too loud or whatever. It's just, it's, yeah, it's rough. When I first started playing golf with Pat, his short game was pretty awesome. I mean, really good around the greens, really good putter. And as the years have gone by, it's gotten worse. He has the yips with a short putter. So right now he uses kind of a long arm lock kind of thing. Um, But if you put a short putter, a standard putter in his hand, he will yip, and you can visibly see it. It's it's jarring and the ball striking is is kind of sus as the kids say it's kind of sus it it comes and goes I, I I know lately it's been good it's been on the it's been better 
I'm interested to see how it is this weekend. I know in my member guests in the past, it's been, frankly, just really shitty. But I'm hoping that it's improved, much improved. <clears throat> but I know it's gotten better. Um, he's got the same swing that he's always had, and he refuses to get lessons. Um, he just buys a new driver. He's that guy, he just buys a new driver when his driver starts going bad on him. He's had the same swing for ever since I've known him. He's never tried to change it. It's just very over the top, very loopy at the top. Swings off his back foot, can't transfer his weight. Um, yeah, it's. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I, I wish he would. I wish he would grind and really grind and and flatten the golf swing a little bit, not so out to end. Uh, coming down. Uh, but anyway, that's that's that. Uh, you know, when Tour Junkies first started, he was a deer in the headlights anytime he was on camera. There was a couple times early in Tour Junkies days where we were asked to be on a show for the Fantasy Network. I think it was called, it was FNT, Fantasy, SY. It was a weird, it doesn't exist anymore. Um, but we would go on camera and Pat would just break into a sweat. Uh, like that girl, that Saturday Night Live character where she would get nervous and she'd stick her hands under her armpits and then smell them. Pat would get like so nervous like that. It would be I would have to like counsel him through being on camera. I'm telling you that because I'm proud of him. He's come a long way uh, for being on camera. And you know, early days of the podcast too. Like he would. I remember it was a thing that he would say again all the time. He still does, but at one point, a listener commented how much Pat says again on a podcast, and we had never thought about it until that that listener brought it up, and uh, and then for a couple episodes, we we laughed at how much he said again, and again, I just did, 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 did. again, uh, you know, and he would just say it, even though he hadn't said what he was about to say before. So it's like an un, uh, what's the word? Like a not unnecessary. It wasn't even unnecessary. It was like a it, illogical again. He would just say it. It was kind of weird. We all have our things that we say a lot that you know that are like I say you know a lot. But Pat would say again a lot. That was a thing. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know that. Like me and Pat. While we feel like we're brothers uh, and we fight like brothers, we've only known each other since 2015. But I will say, man, we have had some knockdown, drag-out fights. I, I have fought with Pat more than I have fought with any guy friend in my life. But it speaks to our relationship. You know, we, we recover every time, and there are no hard feelings, there are no, uh, you know, guilt trips, no, I, I don't have, I truly don't have any long-term scarring from Pat's, from fights with Pat, he may with me, but I don't with him, I certainly remember some, some big ones, and, and they make me cautious at times, and sometimes I'll bring them up and be like, dude, remember when this happened and you did this, don't, let's not get there again, but I don't have any, like, scarring from it, but we have fought like hell. We have had a podcast where we've hung up from the show's over, and he's called me and said, "Mother," and he's dog cussed me upside one down the other. 
you know, for whatever reason. And, I mean, we have yelled, I mean, gone at it. We've gone at it in person before and come to near fisticuffs. And we have bounced back every time. It's truly a divine relationship uh, that is, it, it works like something I never would imagine would work. Um, really kind of crazy. I love him. I really do. I love him. And I think he, I think he loves me, I think. But it just works, man. It's kind of bananas how it works. Pat handles, you know, you know everybody knows he kind of handles the shipping and the merch. That's something that he handles. If you win a contest, Pat's handling that. If you order something, Pat's handling that. Pat also handles, like, some of the business stuff, behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, we got to – there's a – you know, in the beginning, it was just, you know, let's file an LLC. Let's have a bank account. Let's do taxes. We hear that's something you should do. But now it's way more complicated than that. Uh, with the betting thing, we have to be licensed in every single state that we want to get affiliate payments from. So, you know, if you if you up there in Iowa, if you in Iowa or Illinois or Tennessee or one of those places and you want to sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook or PointsBet through the Tour Junkies link, that that's an arduous process for us. It's also expensive. So we have to go to each state and say, hey, we want to get affiliate revenue from different sports books from gambling. And because it's sports betting and it's heavily regulated, we have to go through all this application process and we have to fill out all this damn paperwork and we have to pay a fee. And and then we have to keep up with this thing every year. And it's monotonous and annoying and expensive. And Pat has to Pat does all that. Um, and we have to do it for every state and then for each sports book, we have to say, hey, you know, here's our proof that we can do this in this state. Um, and then we have to apply with them, DraftKings, PointsBet, BetMGM, BetRivers, whatever. We have to apply with them to basically, you know, say, can we pump your sports book and you pay us money for each person that signs up? And Pat handles all that. So that's something Pat does. I know I say Pat doesn't do a lot, but he does. He does. He does. He doesn't do as much as me. Not not even close. But he does the stuff that I don't like. I don't like to do, which is great. You know, it's a it's a give and take. It's a yin and yang. It's a um, Cheech and Chong operation. So that's some stuff that Pat does. You know. All right. I think I'm. I think I'm. I think I need to chill for a second and think about some other stuff. So I'm gonna pause and come back. Okay, I'm back. Although I, I know, I realize now that it doesn't feel like I went anywhere because you're listening to me like right off the bat. So, uh, still driving. By the way, Skittles, like I'm thinking about it, there's not a better candy overall in the universe than Skittles. I've never met one person that doesn't like Skittles. You have no reason to dislike Skittles. They're tried and true. Every flavor is good. Every pack is good. You know, I mean, there's people that don't like jelly beans. There's people that, you know, think Sour Patch Kids are terrible. And, you know, there's chocolate stuff and all that. I get it. But if you were to die or, or if you were to be deserted on a desert island and you had to pick one candy for the rest of your life that you would you would consume, and it, it would be Skittles because it doesn't let you down and everyone likes it. Anyway, 
let's let's talk about DB here. Uh, I'm going to tell you some stuff you probably know, some stuff you don't know. Uh, I'm 37, freaking A. I uh, born and raised in Augusta. I live just outside, like 10 minutes outside of Augusta right now. Uh, I live on some land, actually. I bought five acres of land and built my own house uh, about 2010. Decided to get out of the Homeowners Association riffraff and uh, do what do what the, I want to do. So that's what I did. But I grew up in the city. Dad was a cop. Mom was a nurse. Worked Both of them worked 60, 70 hours a week. Um, <clears throat> I have two much older half-sisters, so my wife basically says I'm an only child, which may be a reason why I kind of act like a spoiled dickhead sometimes. But it is what it is. Uh, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Kristen. She is 38, so she robbed the cradle. And uh, she is a big-time hotshot with uh, Encompass Home Health. She is a sales leader for all of Georgia, South Carolina, and uh, she is a badass. She is really good. And she has a, her nonprofit, 28 Bold, that, uh, that she started and I, I've helped with since she started it about six, seven years ago. We, we put wells in the ground in South Africa for people that don't have water access, clean water access, which is a lot of people. You can go to 28bold28bold.com if you want to donate. It is a 501c3 nonprofit. Thank you very much. You'll get a receipt emailed to you as soon as you make the donation for your tax tax benefit. We have three lovely children. I have Harrison, who is 16. You can do the math. Uh, he is a junior in high school. He's fantastic. He is not a golf guy at all. He's an outdoor, like, fishing, hunting um, uh, he likes to watch football a lot, but that's about it. Um, super talented, really hardworking kid. He works at Chick-fil-A, freaking killing it at Chick-fil-A. If your kids can work, send them to Chick-fil-A. Um, and then I have a 10-year-old son. His name is Collins with an S. He is my uh, little athlete, similar to Pat's Allen. Uh, oh, yeah, fun fact, we both have a Harrison. And neither one of them are into sports, so there you go. <clears throat> um, but Collins is really addicted to, to basketball. And he really enjoys golf, too, but I think basketball is probably his first favorite right now. He plays both very well. He's, he's a good little athlete. He's in fifth grade. He's super smart, very funny. And everybody calls him uh, my mini-me. He looks just like me. He acts just like me. He talks just like me. One of these days, maybe when I'm too old to handle tour junkies uh collins would be the one to take over for me i would pass that down he'd be great at it and then i have my almost six-year-old baby girl baylor who is my favorite child she is absolutely adorable funny smart and she's just my baby girl and i freaking love her to death and i would do anything for her so that's baylor we have two dogs baxter and arnie Arnie is the replacement dog to Baxter because I have to have a dog in my life. Baxter is 12, so I, I, want, I can't do like the dog dies. Let me go get another one real quick. So Arnie is there for when Baxter kicks the bucket. But right now, Arnie's pissing me the hell off. So um, I may, he may go first, honestly. Um, we, uh, let me see, what else? Uh, I play golf, a member at Champions Retreat. By the way, Pat's a member at the Landings in Savannah. Love Champions Retreat. Play golf about once a week. 
go to the range a, a good bit. This year I've really been grinding. Since January, I started taking lessons with our head pro every week. Uh, I've probably had eight or nine lessons um, since January. Haven't played much, just been grinding on the range, trying to change a swing, trying to finally shallow the golf club and do some things that I should should have been doing a long time ago to make me a better golfer. I'm kind of in that break me down to tear me back up stage right now. So it's not a lot of fun, but I have I have seen some progress. Uh, but it's just a grind, you know. I would encourage everybody to take lessons. That's what I would do. What else? Let me let's see. Let's see if I can think of some stuff. Uh, I caddied at Augusta National for two years in college for the members. Caddied for Will Farrell, Arnold Palmer, John Sherholtz, former GM of the Braves, Scotty Cameron, the putter designer. Um, those are people I caddied for. It was a good time. Two years in college, good stuff. Got to play the course two years in a row. It was amazing. Those stories can be found on other podcasts. Um, but it was great. Uh, oh, I didn't. I didn't play baseball. I mean, I didn't play golf growing up. I played baseball my whole life from the time I was five years old until I was nineteen. The only sport I played was baseball. Well, no, I'll take that back. I played basketball two years, like when I was eight and nine, in the rec department. But other than that, that was it. I never played any other sport. Um, didn't play golf. Uh, our baseball coach in high school hated golf, and if you played golf as a baseball player, it was basically a death sentence. So I never did it. Took up the game at 19 because I was so burned out with baseball. I had a college offer. I only had one college offer. I uh, played center field. Had one college offer and said, nope, hate baseball. I'm over it. Don't ever want to play baseball again. And at 19, I decided to take up golf, and I wish I would have done that a long time ago. If you are a parent with kids, my advice is, no matter the sport, expose your kid to multiple sports. Um, and, and my dad didn't not expose me to multiple sports. He just, he loved baseball. I mean, it was just, he just didn't like, I don't know, we just, it just happened that way. But I've made it a point to expose both my sons, and I will to, to Baylor as well, to different sports. Although I have not exposed either of my boys to baseball because I freaking hate it. It's boring. I literally don't, I haven't watched a full-length baseball game since I think the year the Cubs won the World Series, just because that was interesting. And before that, I think I hadn't watched one since the first year the Red Sox won one. It's, I don't, I hate baseball. So, kind of crazy. So I started playing golf at 19 I was terrible um but I you know that's where I get a lot of my speed from in golf is because I'm because of baseball like fast hands good eye hand coordination um but I definitely get my over the top bull move um big right miss from baseball as well so that's that let's see all right let me see if I can think of some stuff I've not said on the podcast all right I don't know about a lot of Pat's hidden talents. I told you about pickleball. Other than that, I don't know. I used to sing, actually, a lot. Um, I used to sing on stage every week at church from the time I was probably 16 until I was 31, maybe. Uh, fun fact, I sang in a like emo-slash-scream band in college for like six months. 
I didn't do the screaming. I did the singing part. But it was like, if you've ever heard like Under Oath back in the day, I did the singing part. Uh, but I used to be able to sing really well. Uh, and then I'll tell you what's bananas. Yeah, about six years ago, long story short, I went through a pretty stressful time at work. It was like the most stressful time of my life. And my body started sending stress to my muscles in my throat and neck. And since that day, six years ago, I have carried, that's where I carry stress. So my voice gets tired, my voice gets real weak, um, starts to hurt, bother me. I've, I've done everything under the sun medically. It's just stress, that's all it is. And when that happened, I lost my, I lost my ability to sing. Like I, I don't have any power, I don't have any range, I have nothing. I can still like, you know, sing on pitch, and I, you know, I do okay, but nowhere near where I used to be. It's kind of crazy um, how one day I can just be gone, and it's crazy how stress works. Really crazy. Um, but I love music. Big music fan. Always have been. My mom was a really big music fan, so like when I was in the car, I'd always listen to her music, and she would listen to R and B, a lot of R and B, and uh, like hip hop stuff. Yeah, my mom. My dad was a big country guy, so my music taste is all over the place. I love hip-hop, as you guys probably know. I love R&B. My all-time favorite band of all time group is, is Boys to Men. They're my first CD, when CDs were a thing. I mean, I had cassettes, but my first CD was Boys to Men 2. Yeah, that's right. I was a lover at like 11. And, but... My first like love of music was actually country in like elementary school. Loved Garth Brooks, Travis Tritt was my first concert. John Michael Montgomery, Confederate Railroad, which I probably get canceled for that, but they had a song called "I Like My Women" just a little on the trashy side. When I was in third grade, I thought it was really funny. Um, Clint Black, you know, damn. Uh, but then like you know, mom got me into R and B, so it was like Boys to Men, Brian McKnight. Come on, boo-boo. Turn that on. Um, of course, I, I love, like, rock and, like, scream stuff. I love it all. I really do. I love it all. I love Justin Bieber. That's that's for real. And a lot of the stuff I love because I could sing, so I would sing it, you know? Um, so, like, my golf playlist is a ton of hip-hop. 90s, 2000s, current hip-hop. It's a ton of, like, country 90s country, 2000s country, current country, all that. It's some rock, some 90s rock, some 2000s rock. I don't really feel like they, they make rock anymore. I don't really like 80s rock or even classic rock. I'm actually not into that at all. It's kind of crazy. Like my, my affection for rock, grunge, alternative starts in the 90s. I don't really do much before that. I know some of you are clutching your pearls at that, but like, I don't get into ACDC or Leonard Skinner or CCR or whatever. I don't. I don't do any of that. Okay, that's music. Um, what else? Uh, so my wife, I dated my, my my high school and first couple years of college sweetheart was my wife's best friend. <laughs> so how you like that? Ended up marrying, you know, my high school sweetheart's best friend. That was fun. Um. When I graduated from Augusta State University, same school as Patrick Reed. I was there when Patrick Reed was there and won a national title. Never saw him, never talked to him. If I did, he would have been a tool. Um, but I graduated from there with a, a bachelor's degree in, I don't remember, communications maybe? Yeah. 
didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. I went straight from there into selling furniture. I used to sell furniture for Ashley Furniture my first year out of college. It did really well. It did really well, actually. And then after that, I got, after about a year and a half, I got hired to work at Wachovia. Get this, my first day was December 1st, 2008. Anybody know what happened that month? <laughs> yeah, financial crash. Got bought out by Wells Fargo, worked for that hell company. They are, the, they are hell. Um, left them, went to SunTrust. They were great for a minute, then they turned into Wells Fargo. Left them, went to First Citizens Bank, based out of North Carolina. Worked for them. Left them and went to SecureGive, which is where I work now. It's a software company that um, facilitates digital giving for churches and nonprofits across the U.S. We have about 1,800 clients, including Ke- uh, Harold Varner III's foundation, Tony Finau's foundation. A couple fun facts there. Yeah, so, and I met I met Pat working at First Citizens. That's where we were both working when Tour Junkie started in 2015, was me and Pat working at First Citizens together. Shortly thereafter, Pat moved to Savannah with his wife because she got a great job. And then we both ended up leaving First Citizens. So he's still in banking. I'm not. What else, man? What else can I tell you? Mm. Let's see. Uh, let, me, let me tell you about stuff I do for tour junkies. Some behind the scenes shit. <clears throat> I I prep the show, so I I do the rundown of like what we're gonna do, what segments. Who, I book all the guests. Um, I get all that info to producer Sam, and I do all that. I do my research. I get my players figured out, my stats, my course breakdown stuff. I do my own course breakdown. I let Pat do his. Um, I record, edit, and publish the show. Publish it to our our host, Anchor. And then I publish it to tourjunkies.com. And then I uh, publish all the written content that goes on the site. Even if I don't write it, I publish it. I do the the layout for it. I do the graphics for it. I work with our... uh, our, we, we do pay a, a graphic designer monthly to help us with some stuff. So I, I work with her. Fun fact, um, she used to be the lead graphic designer at Augusta National for five years. So I like them apples. So we have a graphic designer that like literally designed signage. She designed the Augusta National Women's Amateur logo. Crazy stuff. She is the Tour Junkies designer, and she is stupid good. Um, so I publish all the all the articles, get all those out. I, I do all the website management, all the content on the site, the everything that goes on the site. I do it. Um, I basically do all the social media. I do about uh, I do about ninety percent of Twitter. If it's really combative, it's Pat. If it's not, it's me. If it's combative late at night, sorry. If it's combative past like nine p.m. At night, it's Pat. Anything else is pretty much me. Or if it's Pat's Big Balls betting card, which is killing it, obviously that's Pat. So I do about 95% of Twitter. We do pay someone else to help us with Instagram and YouTube. Just management of those, some posting, some content. Um, And he is fantastic. So me and Pat do about, well, I do about maybe 
30% of Instagram. Pat does about 3% of Instagram. And then, um, let's see, so I do all the socials. So throughout the week, I'm the one pumping the articles, pumping the podcast, all this shit, getting it posted. LinkedIn, we have a LinkedIn account, actually. We have a Facebook account. We have Facebook. We have a Facebook private group that you can be a part of. Uh, so I do some stuff with that. We get a little help with that, too. I do TikTok. Tour Junkies on TikTok. I haven't done one in a while. I need to do another one. Really got some traction there with TikTok for a minute. Uh, what else? Uh, Discord, obviously, for the Nut Huts. Although our boy Anthony AC really helps that a lot. Appreciate him a lot on that. But obviously do Discord. Pat does that too. Ben does that. Uh, I kind of help facilitate the chalk bomb and the emails a little bit. Ben does most of that, but I help facilitate that too. Yeah, and then uh, love working with our agents to book new sponsors, to do new things, to dream up new concepts, to be creative, to find guests, to get ourselves on other shows, to help grow the show. That's that's what's up. So, um, I oh, I figure out and design merch, and then once it's designed and ordered, it just goes to Pat. Ooh, oof, I think that's probably it for, for me. So maybe let's move on to Ben. Okay, Ben Little is, he's married, he's got kids, he lives in Raleigh, North Carolina. He is, uh, I don't know how old Ben is actually, I think he's younger than us, but um, we met Ben just a few years ago, wasn't that long ago, he was a fan, he was a listener, and long story short, we've said this on the show before, he's in, he, he hooked us up with a ticket to the national championship game when Georgia was in the natty, Pat went, they met, hit it off. Ben volunteered to do a bunch of content for us, had some ideas, and we thought they were great. His idea of the chalk bomb email was one. Thought it was a great idea. It was a bold idea. Um, and he did it, and we thought it was great. So we said, sure, let's keep rocking. And we became friends, and uh, Ben's a really smart guy. He brings something to the table that me and Pat don't really have or, or care to have, which is like numbers, data, nerd, analytics, data, crap, you know. We like a little bit of that, but not much. Um, ben brings that and kind of helps balance that out a little bit. It's nice. He's very smart. He's a great business person. He owns, he's a franchise owner of like 14 Zaxby's or something. I guess he's going to, he's going to, he's going to text me and be a, a itch about it, but he'll be like, oh, 17, David. But I don't know. It's, it's in the teens and it's Zaxby's. So he slings chicken titties for a living. If you've never been to Zaxby's, you're missing out. Um, he also is a day trader. He's been day trading for, I think, 10, 10 years or more. He's got all the day trading stuff. He thinks he, he, he's, he's really smart with stocks. He is. He is. Uh, although he's given me a couple bad advice, a couple bad stocks before. But um, <clears throat> he's really smart. He does the chalk bomb email in all of its glory. It's very good. And we're hoping he's going to do some more stuff for us. But anyway, last year we made Ben a partial owner of Tour Junkies. So the three owners of Tour Junkies are me, Pat, and Ben. Um, we developed a great relationship with Ben. He's a good friend, good guy. And uh, he, he's the Ryan Armour of golf in our group. So he just hits it straight a lot, doesn't go very far, doesn't get himself in a lot of trouble. Not, not a lot of penalty strokes for Ben. 
You know, I have penalty strokes. But Ben pretty much keeps it in between the mustard and the mayo, you know. And short game is pretty spotty, but nothing flashy. It's just boring fairways. Greens are close to it. And there you go. Uh, but he's, he's still like an 8 handicap, 9 handicap. I'm an 8. Pat's a 13 right now, but he's more, he's more like an 11, you know. Um, you know, the future of Tour Junkies with Ben, I hope, is, uh, is, is going to expand. I hope Ben contributes some more content. Um, but he's been busy. He's had a lot going on right now. So, uh, yeah. But let's see. I don't know much about Ben other than that. He's a big, he's a big uh, Georgia Bulldog fan, which is good. Lives in Raleigh. What else? Shit. Uh, ben, Ben likes some hip hop. He's kind of a gangster music kind of guy, which I like that about Ben. We share that in common. Like me and Ben can both spit a little bit. You know, we spit a little rap, spit a little flow. You know. Oh, what else? Um, uh, I don't know, man. Um, me and Ben have to babysit Pat when we go on trips. I'm really grateful for Ben because I used to have to just deal with Pat and Chris, Pat's brother, on my own, but now I have Ben, so me and Ben can both take care of them when they get out of hand at night, so that's, I'm grateful for him for that. He'll never know how much that means to me. Uh, and yeah, he's a, he's your finance guy, man. He's your stock guy. I've been saying we need a channel in the Nut Hut that's a Ben Little stock tips channel. It's probably it's probably something about that that we shouldn't do, but I feel like he should do it. Anyway, the Ben segment is going to be short because hell, nobody cares, you know. So let's let's talk about tour junkies in terms of like where we are, where we're headed, what we're working on, kind of stuff. You know, last year we signed on with a couple of uh, with, with an, a couple of agents, Kyle and Sam. Producer Sam is actually an agent for us and they own a company called the props network go to the propsnetwork.com it's a sports betting content site and it's about to get redone the site's about to get revamped it's gonna look awesome but sam and kyle both have decades of experience in the sports betting world sam is like a third generation sports betting casino guy his grandfather did stuff in that business his dad um his dad also own and Sam also own a golf course in Pittsburgh or not in Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania. Um, so perfect match there. Sam went to school for like video production and direction. So like I think he, and I know he worked on like some big network TV stuff. I don't know. I think The Bachelor was one. He's gonna kill me because that's probably wrong. But it's a big show, a couple big shows. So like Sam's the the perfect person for TJ because. He understands betting, the sports betting world, generations worth of it. He understands the content game, and he loves golf, and he understands golf. Sam's perfect. Producer Sam. That's him. He's one of our agents. His business partner, Kyle, who's behind the scenes. You don't really see Kyle. Kyle's worked in the casino industry for decades. Uh, He's a sportsbook manager, VIP casino host, um, Vegas stuff. Like he, He knows that business very well. He's a, he's a business kind of guy, sales guy. Um, he may be in the mafia, honestly. I'm starting to kind of get that. I'm starting to kind of get that vibe out of Kyle. 
But anyway, he's done some good stuff for us. They, uh, TJ went five years without having an agent. We've been approached a couple times and said no, and things started kind of evolving and moving quickly, and the sports betting world being opened up through the legislation is was definitely going to mean complicated things for for a business like ours. So when Kyle and Sam approached us, we thought that was a good idea, and, and it, has, it has been a good idea. It's been a great idea. So they're out there you know, drumming up relationships with sponsors, with advertisers, with sportsbook companies, uh, sportsbook agencies. They're working on some really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. Some of it I can't tell you about, but I really want to. Um, but anyway, those guys at the Props Network, great people. They help us out a ton. And we're excited about that partnership moving forward. Uh, and, you know, moving forward, I guess what matters right now, you know, the, the landscape is changing. I think a lot of people realized with the whole election thing and whatever your stance on that is whatever, but you had to have realized that, like, your, your audience, if you have an audience on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, you know, November and on have shown us that it can be gone. If you do something, say something, are something that, you know, they don't agree with or they don't like, you can lose it in a second. So, like, building your business on that is not smart. You need it if you, if you, if you can, if you, if you have access to it, you, you need to use it, but, and we are, but we don't need to be so dependent on it. So, everything we're trying to do is, you know, how can we own our audience, and a big part of that is the Nut Hut, is tourjunkies.com, is our email list. So if you're not a subscriber to our email list, please please do so. Go to tourjunkies.com, bottom right hand of any page. You can just type your email in right there, and that subscribes you to the Chalk Bomb, which is really the only email that we send out right now, but I think that's going to change. I think we're going to add some more regular content. Um, but, you know, email list is, is, like, email's coming back, if you notice. People are getting email addresses, and, and people are doing weekly newsletters because they're realizing, like, I can't base this on Twitter or Instagram. It could be gone. Whether it's something that I do that makes me lose my account or whether it's something that these, thing, these, these platforms get shut down or they go away or whatever. So people are, are investing in email addresses because that's how we keep in touch and that's how we keep our audience up to speed on what's going on. So we really want to continue to double down on growing that list. Um, that list is creeping at, it's creeping up to 7,000 subs right now. We want to get that up there. And, uh, and then everything on the site, right? Like we want as much on the website as possible. On the website right now, every article we write goes on there. Um, every podcast we record, you can listen to live on the website. And, uh, and obviously the, the, the Nut Hut is, is key. And right now we're over 400 members on, in the Nut Hut, and it's been fantastic. And I want to see more. I don't want to see – I don't know if we're ready to see, like, double that, num- that number because we, we couldn't handle it, but I definitely think we need to see more. And um, that's another way that we can own our audience through Discord and through the Nut Hut. So that's a big emphasis. YouTube is a big emphasis. We want to do more regular YouTube content. In fact, I'll say this. If you are a 
if you are if you have the ability to do some video editing, some producing, um, you know, producer Sam is our man, but we need somebody to do some stuff here and there and, and a little bit of backup. If you have ever worked with OBS or any other streaming platform, um, if you can edit videos, I'm not talking about like, I'm talking like really edit, okay? Uh, reach out to us. Email info at tourjunkies.com. Um, if you, yeah, so YouTube is a thing we really want to continue to double down on. I think that's been obvious that we've put a lot of effort into making the YouTube content better and the video production and video quality of the podcast better um, because that's a big deal. That's a way that we can reach a lot of new people. So please subscribe to the YouTube channel and and share the YouTube content and give it a like every time you watch a video. Like, why would you watch 40 minutes of our show and not take a millisecond to click the thumbs up or, you know, 15 seconds to write a comment? That just really helps us. It really does. And that's what we need. So we're doubling down on that. And, you know, we're we're trying to land a few big deals because we're one big deal away from me being full-time and that's the goal is for me to be full-time if I can get full-time and it all and it's and it's all money at this point the wife is good with it everything is there there's plenty of work to be done I, I, I could do I mean I probably put in 30 hours 35 hours a week as it stands now with my full-time other job there is plenty of work and plenty of content to be done. I mean, just look at what Pat Mayo and Rick Gaiman do, you know. DB could do that and, and not just do exactly that, but, but spin it and do it our way and do, do some TJ stuff and, and it be unique. And that's the goal. Like, I want to do that. We want to get there. Um, and it's all, it all comes down to financial, you know. I, I want to be able to continue to support our lifestyle at the Barnett House without working my software job. So, yeah, we're in, we're in search of the big deal. And uh, I feel like that's close, but I don't know. But the goal is for me to be full-time. The goal is for Pat to be full-time. We're, I think we're a little further away from that. But if I can be full-time, I will be in the nut hut a lot. I will be doing a lot more YouTube content from you know, tournament, like weekly tournament stuff, to cut sweat stuff, to showdown stuff, to uh, live betting stuff, to matchups betting, to uh, basic like overall DFS strategy and theory, to betting strategy stuff, to live Q&A, to, I mean, you name it, more email content. I mean, I'll be doing it all. But I am at my max capacity to do what I'm doing right now. So the goal is to be full-time and make this our full-time thing. Also, if that happens, I'm going to be going to probably 10 to 12 major events a year with press credentials. Um, that's not a problem. That obstacle's already been crossed. We can get the credentials. It's just a matter of being able to travel and get there. So being on-site at, like, every major, the players, and a few other big-name events and events close to us, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday to be able to say, here's what I'm seeing, here's what I'm hearing directly from me. Um, that 
will also be there the day we flip the switch and I'm full-time. Um, man, what an exciting day that will be. I hope, I hope it works out. I really do. That's why we need your help. You know, that's why everything, everything helps. All the, all the views on YouTube, all the listens, all the likes, all the comments, all the five-star reviews on Apple, all the, um, all the Nut Hut subscriptions, all the, uh, all the Fantasy National subscriptions, all the times you guys sign up with a sports book through our link, all the Monkey Knife Fight sign-ups, all the uh, merch that you buy, all the, um, man, what else? Um, you know, every sponsor that we that we pump, like, go go, you know, check them out. Like, every bit helps. You know, since day one with Tour Junkies, I mean. 80% of the money that we make with Tour Junkies gets put right back into Tour Junkies. I mean, it really does. We, that's why we still have full-time jobs. Like, we don't need TJ to support us. Um, we just continue to pump money into the business and improve the site and improve the experience and improve the show quality, improve the content, um, paying graphic designers, paying YouTube and Instagram people, paying producer, paying agents, um, you know, it it, it, cost, it does cost money, and so, but but we're putting it back in, and we really really appreciate. If you're listening to this this long into it, shit, you're you're a fan, and so we appreciate every single one of you that are listening to this because there's a hundred percent chance you've done at least one of everything I just said to help us out along the way, and we are truly grateful for it and really appreciate it. Me and Pat do not take it for granted, and honestly, man, like it saved our lives. Like Tour Junkies has saved our lives. Like. We both battled with anxiety before, depression a little bit. Um, we've had hard times and like job situations and feeling like you know what's our purpose? Like what are we doing? What's our passion? And and TJ has has been the answer to that. And um, but TJ is nothing if, if ain't nobody listening to it. You know it ain't nothing. I mean, the first episode of TJ had 60 listeners. And it was fun, and we would have done it for a little while, but if it, was, if it wasn't growing, we weren't going to do it. So it just really means a lot that people listen to us. Because, um, hell, there's a lot of options out there now. Shit, you can listen to 60 different people talk about what we're talking about. Our goal has always been to make it entertaining. Anybody can tell you what the model says, and any, you know. I mean, if you haven't noticed now, everybody's landing on the same guys every week because everybody has the data. So data is not unique anymore. Access and like the the, the data and the way to study the stuff is not really unique to anyone anymore. We all have the same stuff. And over the years of all these people doing great content, it's been figured out. So now it's just kind of. Who are you going to listen to? I'm telling you, if you think anybody in this industry is smarter than somebody else, that's probably true, but it's probably very marginal. Very marginal. They may sound smarter. In fact, I bet a lot of people sound smarter than me and Pat. We hear about it all the time. Trolls tell us all the time because we're rednecks from Georgia, right? So we got to be stupid. But, um, yeah, it, it's marginal. The difference is... Who gives you the information and entertains you? And that's what we try to do. We try to give it to you while we make you laugh, while we entertain ourselves and have a good time. All right, 
I think that's enough of that. I think, I don't know what I'm going to do next. Maybe we're going to get into a little bit of how the golf goes this weekend and our round at TVC Sawgrass Stadium course. Stay tuned. All right, DB here, back with you after the weekend. It is Monday. Driving home from Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. Just played TPC Sawgrass at the stadium course, the host of the Players' Championship. Oh, man, a lot to go over here. I'll try to try to keep this short. What a weekend we had, me and Pat did. I'll tell you, we played golf on Saturday at Ponte Vedra Inn and Club, the ocean course. Played it, Played the same course again on Sunday and then played Sawgrass today. I, uh, I didn't have as great a weekend as I would like to when it comes to my golf game. I've been grinding a lot, been practicing a lot, been taking some lessons over the last few months. I'm in like the get broken down to be build back up stage with the game. And currently, I uh, don't really understand why it's not uh, translating to, you know, to, to good play because it's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of pissing me off. I, it, it just today it, this week it just didn't click like well, I wanted it to. Oh, and there's my car. Hang on. Uh, yeah. So it just didn't it didn't do what Daddy wanted it to do. It was very very disappointing. Um, but it, it whatever. So the first day I think I shot at 86. Pat shot a hundred and one the first day. Second day. I shot an 84, and I believe Pat shot like a 94, 95. Um, and then today at TPC Sawgrass, I shot a 97. I have not shot a 97, and I can't tell you how, I can't even tell you how long it's been since I shot a 97. It's been a very long time. And Pat shot a 94. He literally beat me beat me at TPC Sawgrass. Um, what can I say? What, why is this lady talking? Hang on. Stop and go what, what is happening? Hold on. Hold on. Exiting out. This is great. Great. Okay. Um, what can I say about TPC Sawgrass? First of all, it was in absolute mint condition at this time of year. Absolutely incredible so lush and green. The rough was very gnarly. Um, and old Pete Dye is certainly diabolical. I'll tell you that. It was very tough uh, in terms of like just understanding sight lines and you got to work the ball. And, and I work the ball, but I don't work it on purpose. You know, um, Around the greens was rather tough, <clears throat> although my, my short game was pretty good today. Uh I was like, whatever the maximum number of strokes you can be in the negative on strokes gained off the tee, that was me today. And not not for lack of distance, because I can hit it a long way, but I literally couldn't hit a freaking fairway to save my life. I couldn't hit it with a driver. I couldn't hit it with my trusty two iron that is normally my favorite club in my bag. Couldn't hit it with any, could not hit it with anything. I finally hit the driver well on number 15. I piped one down 15, piped one down 16, and piped one down 18. Finally figured it out on number 15, um, but it was just tough, man. It was tough. Uh, short game saved me in a lot of areas, putted pretty well. Pat, what did Pat do? Well, first of all, Pat got completely obliterated last night 
and I, I am shocked that he even made it to the, 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 the course this morning. We were staying at my buddy's house, and we had to drive separately to Sawgrass this morning because we were both going to be leaving from Sawgrass to drive home. Um, and I told Pat last night when I had to put him to bed, I said, uh, hey, I'm not going to be late tomorrow. In fact, I am going to get there early enough to be able to enjoy the food at TPC Sawgrass, which I've heard at the clubhouse is delicious, and it is. I'm going to get there early enough to have breakfast, a cup of coffee, take a nice dump, and then you know maybe look in the shop for a second and then take my time on the range, roll a few putts. I'm not going to be coming into Sawgrass hot. I'm not doing that. So if you're ready, great. If you're not, I'm leaving you. See you there. If you're not on the first tee when it's, when it's time to go off, I don't know what to tell you. And so I left his butt this morning, and he managed to pull it up, pull it together, and got there as I was finishing up breakfast. But the fact that he beat me that hungover also really I don't understand. I mean, the guy that we played with, I'm sure saw Pat walk up to the first tee, you know, as red as a taillight and just oozing uh, white wine and vodka. I can't even – I'm sure the guy was probably, like, thinking, what what is going on here with these two? But, um, you know, we – I don't know. He's, he's a professional, I guess, is what it is. Um, so, number 17, uh, the over-under was set at one-and-a-half water balls between two of us. The over hit. So, Pat hit first and – no, I hit first. And I was the only person in our group to actually land a ball on the green. I landed it on the green, but I, I just found out, actually after the fact, from a buddy of mine, I forgot. Actually, I, I didn't just find out. I knew this. But I forgot that the green is new on 17. So the other greens are kind of soft today, but 17, I landed it back middle, and it bounced off the back of the green. If you remember correctly, during the Players' Championship, there was so much, so many water balls the first day or two Greens were extremely firm, bouncing way more than the guys were used to because it was a new green at 17. So I bounced mine off the back. Pat hit his, probably would have been pin high, but he pulled it left, and it was in the water all the way. So then we had to go to the drop zone, and both of us hit it on the green on the drop zone and then two-putted to save double bogey. Pretty nice. 16, 17, 18 were a lot of fun. 16's a par 5. actually smoked a drive on that hole. Had 200 in. And you can't lay up on that hole. Like, you can't. You have to go for it. So I went for it, hit a great shot, about 10 yards, 15 yards right of my target, and it went in the water. So it is what it is. Um, there's a lot of... there's a, It is intimidating for sure, but, like, the par 5s, number 9 and number 16 are not easy par 5s. Like, they're just not that easy. The, the the greens feel kind of small for par fives that you have to hit it that that you may consider hitting into like a long iron into or a, a fairway metal and they're surrounded by bunkers and like mog- moguls number nine is crazy like there's just a lot more I guess you just notice a lot more I mean I've been to Sawgrass and walked the course a, a handful of times but I guess until you're playing it and you're thinking about what you have to do to navigate it it's very tough um you gotta you definitely gotta work the ball that's for sure i kind of understand what it means when they say you gotta work it both ways on that golf course because there's plenty of shots that call for you to hit a cut plenty of shots that call for you to hit a draw and you really can't you you kind of have to you can't you know if, if it calls for a draw and you hit it you typically are more comfortable hitting a cut 
you can't really force a cut. I mean, you can, but it's very ballsy. So it's tough. Pete Dye, he's a tough guy. Food is A-plus at uh, TBC Sawgrass. Enjoy that. This is another thing that pisses me off about Pat. You know, I mean, we're playing TPC Sawgrass, right? Like, maybe you, Pat, could take your damn phone out of your pocket, and maybe you, like, on the few holes that I I, I maybe have a, a, an opportunity to hit a good shot or make a nice putt or have a nice up and down, or maybe just because the hole is, is pretty, it's scenic, and it's beautiful, like, maybe you could get your phone out of your pocket and maybe take a video of your boy DB or maybe a picture, maybe a... Maybe something I could take with me as a memory of me being on the golf course. But no, he doesn't do that. No. I have about as good a chance of my 10-year-old, who is wired to only think about and consider only himself, to I have about as good a chance of playing a golf course like that with him and him being like, you know, I should get my phone out and take a picture of Dad playing this hole because he'd like that. No. Like, Pat doesn't think about that. You know, Pat had a birdie putt at one point. I, what did I do? I got my phone out, and I had the camera on just in case he made it. He didn't ask me to. He didn't ask me to. I just did it in case he made it. Like, why can't, why, why can't he think to do that for me? So I like have barely any footage of me doing anything. Uh, any, you know, there's barely any evidence of me being on the damn course. And the the only stuff I do have is because I asked Pat. I'm like, hey, can you please, like, you know, he hits it and then wants to go straight to the cart. And I'm like, hey, can you maybe, you know, film me hitting a shot? Huh? How about that? So that really irritates me about Pat on the golf course. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do have my shot on 17, but, I mean, everybody videos on 17. But, anyway, it just I'm like, come on, Pat. God, take a picture of your boy. Maybe snap a photo. You know, maybe, maybe help me treasure this moment in time that we're all here at. You know, and, oh, by the way, I'll send you all the videos I took of you today. Asshole. Um, hmm. What else? I don't know, man. That kind of sums up the uh, the experience at Sawgrass. Um, oh man, we played. Oh, I will tell you one funny. I think it's funny. Maybe, maybe some of you guys are. This is you. So we didn't pay anything to play today. Uh, we played with someone that uh, basically took care of everything today, and so we didn't have to pay anything. But at this time of year, peak season. The tee times range anywhere from like five hundred to six hundred dollars per person to play, which is more than Pebble Beach, and it's banana land. And also, uh, TPC does not let any tee time go un like you. You don't have a three like we had a threesome. You don't have a threesome at TPC Sawgrass. They're going to put somebody with you. So we get to the first tee. We're at the starter. A very nice starter man. He was, uh, you know, doing some starting, and uh, we meet this guy named Cody that we're gonna play with. He's uh, probably he's probably forty eight. He looked like forty eight ish, which also is kind of weird. I don't know how many forty eight year old Codys there are in the world. I feel I feel like that's a, I feel like that's a younger name, but he was forty eight and his name was Cody. Well, I don't know if he was forty eight. I didn't get his birthday, but I about that. And he's playing with his wife, or his girlfriend or his wife is just riding with him. And they, they're from Dallas, and they just gotten there on vacation, and this was their first day, and he was playing TPC Sawgrass. Now, uh, Cody did not say much the whole day. He did not speak a lot. 
But on number one, you know, here you are. You are never played there before. You are uh, what we would what we would come to find out very shortly a very lackluster stick uh, in terms of golf ability. And you're at you're you know you're at TPC Sawgrass, the stadium course, man. They play the players here. You know this is the the fifth major. You know the toughest field in golf. This is a big deal. This is a bucket list course. I'm I got my lady in the cart with me. And then he gets so you got that whole factor. And then you you get paired up with the three of us. And me and the other guy we played with look like golfers. Now he is a golfer, a good golfer. I I look like a golfer, but then I I'm kind of not. Pat just kind of looks like a guy named Pat. But, you, you, you know, you see us, and you're like, okay, these guys look like they play some golf. You know, they know what they're doing. They got cool head covers, and they got, uh, you know, they got, they got some shorts with a pattern on them maybe, and uh, they hit nice balls. And so then you see that, and that kind of ratchets up the intimidation factor. And then you, you've just, Cody, our friend Cody, had just left the clubhouse where literally they just, right there at the counter, they tell you to bend over and we're going to take the $600 out of your asshole and pay. So they, I mean, they literally bend you over in the clubhouse and tell you, thank you for coming. <clears throat> Go enjoy your round with three complete strangers. Um, and good luck because the golf course is the devil. So all of those things are, are playing in poor Cody's poor Cody's mind right now as he as we're standing there and he's meeting us we're shaking hands so we had already worked out a match between me and Pat and our third party and we had already looked at the scorecard and determined we were going to play from the furthest back tees that we could play from which are the blue tees about 6,700 yards the tournament tees they didn't have out and they wouldn't let you play from them so we're playing back as far as you can play and then you know so we get to the first team we're like hey Cody we're going to play from the blues man you know, feel free to play anywhere you want. We got a little game going, just the three of us. Feel free to play from wherever you want. And poor Cody, I could see the, I could see the, oh man, the poor guy. He wanted to play up, and but he just was like, I don't, oh, I'll play with you guys. Okay, I'll play with you guys. We're like, okay. So we all three hit our tee shots, and they're not bad tee shots. Actually, we all three hit pretty decent tee shots on number one. So then he sees us all hit three good tee shots. And I swear to you, Cody is going to put his ball on the tee, and he is shaking as if, you know, as if, like, picture, like, Michael J. Fox, if, like, he was, he was, like, walking down the street and lightning hit, like, right beside him, and he got scared. That's how much Cody was shaking. I could see his hand shaking as he was putting the tee and the ball on the ground. I thought I was going to have to put the ball on the tee for him because he wasn't going to be able to get it to balance on the on the tee. Poor guy. He proceeded to t- cold top his first shot and his breakfast ball, quote unquote, breakfast ball we gave him or he took, and uh, it it so he he was lying one with uh, about 40 yards in front of the tees that he chose to hit from, about and only about 10 yards in front of the tees that he should have been hitting from. There is not a chance in God's green earth that if Cody played the ball down exactly by the rules of golf and kept his full score, there is no way, and I'm not kidding, he did not, there's no way he broke 140 today. One four zero. There's no way. 
I mean, we played it down. We played it by the rules. It, it, you know, if we hit it out of bounds and there was no red stake, we went back and I, we went back and reteed. I did that once. So like, we played it by the rules. I shot 97. Pat shot 94. Uh, our buddy shot a 83. And then Cody, I guarantee you, did not break 140. Poor guy. It was a rough scene. Hopefully, he's not a TJ listener after this. I don't think he is. He barely said three words, so we didn't even get a chance to like talk to him and like have the whole like, well, what do you guys do? We didn't even get that because he just didn't speak a lot. But that's it, man. That's it. Hope you guys enjoyed this. It helped me pass a little time on the road, and that's really important because this is a five-hour drive, and um, yeah. So it helped me out. That's that's the TJ experience at TPC Sawgrass. It was beautiful and uh, very hard. I, we've played Sawgrass and Harbortown, two of Pete Dye's um, masterpieces. Sawgrass is much more difficult than Harbortown. I played Harbortown a couple times now. Sawgrass is much more difficult. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We'll be back next week with the Valspar Championship. Hope you guys have a great week. DB. See ya!